Let us open our Bibles to Psalm 86. Psalm 86. The first ten verses of this psalm are what I call holy reasoning. It's David the psalmist asking the Lord to hear his prayer and giving the Lord numerous reasons to do so. And it's precious. Verses 11 and 12 I consider to be the key of the psalm and David's focused prayer. And then the chapter concludes with David thanking the Lord for his protection and asking for more of it and a token of good upon him in the face of all his enemies. So with that brief, brief outline in mind, let's all stand together and read the precious word of God that he has preserved to our generation in our language. Amen. In unison, bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O oh God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O oh Lord, art a God full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O oh, turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, that they which hate me may see it, and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast holpen me, and comforted me. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I said the first... Ten verses of this psalm are holy reasoning. 
look at just a couple of the verses to show you how to read them. The first verse, bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me. Here's the psalmist asking God to humble himself to come down and listen to David's prayer. Bow down thine ear and hear me. So there is the, reason, the, the request to the Lord to hear his prayer. But then he explains a reason why the Lord ought to do it. For I am poor and needy. The Lord is nigh unto all those that be of a broken heart. The Lord will hear the prayer of all those that humble themselves. And if you open your prayer by telling the Lord that you are poor, you have nothing to offer Him, and you are needy, you cannot deliver yourself, but you need Him to deliver you, He will hear that prayer. This is holy reasoning. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear me. Reason number one being, I am nothing, I have nothing, I need your help because I cannot save myself from the troubles I'm in. Look at the second verse. Preserve my soul. There's the request, for I am holy. I am living a virtuous and holy life by your definition and your description in the scriptures. There's the request, preserve my soul. There's the reason, for I am holy. Now, if you have filled your mind with unholy things, whether it's by reading or by television, whether you have engaged in unholy activities, unholy thoughts, how can you make the prayer? You have to have a holy and sanctified life in order to be able to pray the way the psalmist did in that second verse. And he progresses in this very same fashion all the way down through ten verses. And toward the end, he's just blessing the Lord for his greatness because that's one of the greatest ways to reason with the Lord is to tell him how great he is because that's what he created us for. Right. He had no reason to create you or me. We have not added anything to the universe but a blot. The earth stinks with the hatred and the violence and the evil that is done every single day. He created us for his own honor and glory, and he will get honor and glory from every single human being by judgment or by salvation. And so we want to lift him up and praise him because he is a great God. I don't care whether it's the sunshine this morning that triggers your thoughts of his greatness, or whether it's singing the songs we just sang that trigger your thoughts of his greatness, or reading the word of God that triggers your thoughts of his greatness. He is great and greatly to be praised, and we ought to praise him. I want to leave that those ten verses, though, and I want to show you verses 11 and 12. Verse 11 is the focused request of the psalmist. Teach me thy way, O Lord. You know, I have a way that I would like to live, and you have a way that you would like to live. It's based on the selfishness and pride of our own hearts, of how we would like to do things. The world has a whole lot of ways they tempt us with on how we can live. They call it the lifestyles of the rich and famous. They present it to us by athletes and actors. But the Word of God has a proper prayer. It says, teach me thy way. It's not thy ways. Teach me thy way because there's only one. It's the way that God approves of, and I'll tell you something, 
the way that I want to live is not the way that God approves of. In my fleshly, foolish heart, the ways the world wants to live are not the way that God approves. But the prayer request is, teach me thy way, O Lord. Is that your heart's desire this morning? For God to teach you his way. Because in just a few minutes, we go to Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to show you his way about how you relate to other people when they hurt you. I have a way to treat people that hurt me. (laughs) And so do you. But I want him to teach me his way. And I hope that you want to be taught his way. I will walk in thy truth. Notice the holy reasoning continuing. If you'll teach me thy way, I will walk in thy truth. There is no truth outside of the God of heaven. Men can study all they wish. They can get all the degrees they desire. And they're dumber and dumber every generation. We are not progressing in knowledge. If we were progressing in knowledge, then there would be fewer divorces and more happy marriages. There would be fewer dysfunctional families and more functional ones. There is none of that. We are descending into the abyss of human ignorance while men are are living in the information explosion. But they are not learning the truth because truth is God's. It is sick what is happening in a so-called enlightened and civilized and educated generation in the history of the world. Teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. And I trust that every one of you are here this morning with a commitment, I will walk in thy truth. If you'll teach me thy single way that is pleasing in thy sight, I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I'll tell you about me. The Bible tells us about David. It tells us about Paul. It tells us about others that we're double-minded. I have a conscience and a new man that is created in me by the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. That new man always wants to do what is right. That new man always criticizes me and rebukes me when I do something wrong. But I have another man. I have my old man, and these are the words the Bible uses. I have something else inside me that talks. And it wants to get revenge and it wants to retaliate. It is always looking for self-protection and self-advancement. And so I have these two voices. And my whole life is spent listening to them. And either I honor one and tell the other to shut up, or I pretend that I can listen to both. And whichever one you give the most attention to, it gets stronger and the other one gets weaker. But here's what the psalmist prayed for. Unite my heart to fear thy name so that I'm not pulled in two directions. To unite means to give it one purpose. Unite my heart. Take my heart that is tugged this way after the world, then tug knowing that I ought to give you more of my soul and love and affections. Unite them so that I have one goal only. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And that fear isn't to tremble in terror. That fear is to love the name of God and want to please him and serve him. A wonderful prayer, a wonderful verse. I'll leave Psalm 86 with that one verse. If you'll promise me that you'll consider it. If you'll consider it right now. 
Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. That is why we come into the house of God. We do not come here to socialize. We do not come here for me to entertain you. We do not come here because it's our social club. We do not come here but for the cause stated in that verse. Teach me thy way, O Lord. This is where we learn the way of the Lord, and we're about to learn it. This is where we come to commit together. I will walk in thy truth. It's always easier to do it when there's others around you doing it. Unite my heart to fear thy name. Give me one goal. This is a great verse. I hope it's the expression of all of our hearts. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen.